0: Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On.
1: (sighs) I suppose I shan't go fishing, Pa, for fear of finding we are no fishers, our folk, for all our bent for fish scraps, and all our tolerance for muck dwellers, and the like. This creek is like no other, pa, inky, cold, and familiar. Don't drink from it, it commands. Don't kneel. Don't stare down or wash in it. Don't pry your shoes from off your battered stubs. Not yet. No jay flashes past and asks how you mean to ask a shit. Creek to Provide. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you vibrant khaki. My name's Owen, and those opening lines were from a poem called Creek by Mark Levine. I hope it goes some way to sum up your mood, which must be in some way like my mood. Sore-headed... Tired, brow-beaten. Follow us on Twitter if you wish, at Podcast. rate us, review, do as you like. For now, thank you so much for being here. And as much as it's possible to enjoy anything in these bleak hours, I do hope that you enjoy this, or at least that it provides your wearied mind with a balm of sorts. Well, gosh! Uh, the final whistle went about um, forty-five minutes ago, something like that. After a pretty, after a pretty shitty match, I don't know what to say about it. There's all manner of stats, horrific stats. For example, it's the first time since nineteen twenty-three that we've lost four consecutive home games. Uh, it's the first time we've lost four. Uh, consecutive matches uh, since December 2002 under Gérard Houllier. Um, And we've won seven points since Christmas. But I guess it's for that reason that actually I'm kind of numb to it. I've just done my review for the Blood Red podcast. And honestly, despite the fact that it's Everton, our greatest rivals in many people's eyes well along with Manchester United our only rivals really in everybody's eyes but I'm just a bit numb because I'm used to seeing it now it's Liverpool's B team we're physically mentally knackered and it doesn't hurt as much as I think it would I thought it would have done um, when I contemplated the idea of losing this match before the kickoff, off um, But Ryan, I'm going to go to you first, because as a Liverpool native, perhaps it hurts you more. I'm not sure. Um, are there any words we can say to console you? How are you feeling? Pretty awful. Um, there's a part of me that's trying
0: to be magnanimous and remembering that you know, my dear old granddads are blue Uncles are blue, cousins are blue And, and trying to be pleased for those people Because for the first time Since 1999 to, to win at Anfield It's quite an achievement for them So I'm, I'm hiding behind the false shield Of magnanimity. That being said I'm fuming I hate that we've been beaten Like I hate how badly we played I hate how badly we've been playing for such a long time. It's really depressing. Like, I just want all of our players to be back
1: and fit and and like we we can just go on from there. Is it anything is it any kind of consolation to you, Ryan, that you know, you could have been a blue. You've got blues in your family and you're not an Everton fan and surely that's something that can at least make you a little bit happy because you haven't had to share their pain and it will continue because they're not going to win a trophy this year and so they still haven't won a trophy since 1995. Is that any kind of consolation? Not really.
0: I, I remember when I had to tell myself this, but this was Jordan Hicks and Gillette era. I don't want to have to be going back to that kind of school of thinking. Like for the last three years, it's all been looking ahead and trophies and silverware and oh my god, aren't we great? And to have to go back to the well, at least we're not Everton. Like it, it, it's just, it's not where we should be. Like the 2020 and 2020 continued as I'm calling this year. Like it's just not been good to this side. I know we won the league, but like the the whole year has just been a bad year for this, particularly for us.
1: Yeah indeed indeed Abdul where are you where are you on this I, on the uh, you know on the scale of, of of you know um you know maybe maybe 3 millimeters to 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 30 meters how deeply have you sunk into the bog of eternal stench uh
2: well i'm at the part where uh i don't know if you guys are comic book fans but the joker says that it only takes one one bad day to turn somebody into a madman. And that's all it's been for me. I'm just laughing, just laughing these last few weeks. It's just all so funny. Um, Because only Liverpool could have gone on the kind of, you know, runs and the form that we had in the past few years, the 90 plus points every single season, and then just watch it all spectacularly, spectacularly just collapse like it is in this 2021. It is actually just hilarious. Um, so like you said, I'm completely numb to it um and i don't even wanna i don't even wanna contemplate you know uh the table or can we get top four or anything like that right now i'm just i just i I'm just waiting for us to win a premier League match once we win a premier League match, and once we win two actually once we win three maybe then I'll have a look, but at the moment it is just a comedy of um Errors and results and just form and injuries and everything that's happening is just so
1: funny. I feel like I'm telling you into a madman. Wow. Um, okay. So um, our next guest, who I'm going to ask for his his feelings. I mean, I feel like I'm leading some kind of meeting, some kind of group therapy meeting. I do think we all need it. Uh, but I am delighted that Praddy is here from. The podcast for football's sake. Now, do listeners, check out Praddy's podcast. It's really good. He's got all kinds of guests, all kinds of different clubs. He gets loads of different opinions. It's a beautiful podcast that Praddy puts together. Thank you for coming on to Cop On Podcast, Praddy. I'm uh, very sad that you're coming on for the first time in this sad situation. Uh, But I want to know, you know, as another Liverpool fan, how, how are you? Taking this, another defeat, but this time to the dastardly Blues.
3: <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, the circumstances are such that we've probably broken a, a record that we didn't want to. Uh, so, in terms of how I feel, I think everyone's pretty much summed it up. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm turning into a madman, though I clearly get the reference there. Uh, I I would say, I think I was probably spared the first goal because I was recording my own podcast. So I spared the first goal. And I felt that, okay, we probably, I mean, this is one of those days. But I think the the penalty, and I'm guessing we probably discussed that, I think the penalty pretty much sums up our entire season. And that's why I'm kind of numb to it. I think the penalty as well as Jordan Henderson's injury, I think, those two pretty much sum up what it's been for us as a Premier League, as a Liverpool fan, as a Liverpool fan base as well. So I, I'm, I, I know I, am used to it, and I could, I could say like we've been through Roy Hodgson era. What can be worse? Uh, and I feel like the fact that we did have a couple of chances, and the fact that our previous matches ended because of individual errors, rather than you know just. The system being wrong as a whole probably is of slightly more comfort. The fact that it's not like Klopp's completely lost the plot here in terms of, you know, the whole system's gone bogus, but that, you know, individual mistakes. And it happens to the best of teams. It happens to us. It just seems to... Everything just seems to happen to us in this one season where we thought we probably had the best of the other teams. So, you know, stuff like that probably isn't makes it seem... That, I mean, I, I'm not as frustrated or furious with the team as I probably would have been. I think these things happen and I probably, I don't know, just, I'm, I'm surprised at myself. I I didn't think I'd take it this well in a way, but I guess that's probably the ba- madman in me. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I it's a great answer. I, I do feel the same, like, I don't know why I'm not gutted. I was more gutted. Uh for example after I mean we had we've had so many bad results recently. You know, after Brighton, for example, I was absolutely gutted. After Leicester oh, last week only, I was absolutely um yeah, just almost at at rock bottom in terms of, you know, following your football team. But of course you have to put things into context. Football, we have been treated by these players for so long, uh, to such joys, and now it's like I remember when Klopp took over Ryan, and and and, and things were just immediately epic. Like uh, Bobby Firmino, who played his two hundredth game for Liverpool today. Um, you know, playing him up front as a nine, starting him as a nine instead of as a, as a left back or whatever Rodgers was doing at the end of his time. Um, And, uh, you know, him destroying along with Coutinho Manchester City and just thinking, wow, but our losses were epic. We drew and it was epic. And now we're on this epic crash, having, you know, sailed on the rocket, the red rocket to Mars. And now we're just smashing into its surface. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Bradley mentioned the system there. Uh, of course, we're missing uh, Henderson now after this injury, Jota, Virgil, Gomez, Matip, Fabinho and Milner, having welcomed back Naby Keita. Uh, we're just so depleted, it's unreal, Ryan. But is there anything in the system that you would change or or tactically because the blueprint if you pardon me mentioning that color blue the the blueprint against us is very clear you just sit back you don't do what Leipzig did you sit back against us and we just find it so hard to break down teams I think
0: we don't need to completely throw the system out but we do need to add more strings to our bow so one of the things I really liked about the Palace performance Is that we don't start all three of them We we start Mane and we start Firmino And I think we, we play a midfield diamond And and I don't understand quite why we haven't tried more of that I don't get why we let Minamino go I, hate, I do, but I'd, I'd much rather we let Origi go Um But yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more, particularly when Jota's back uh, of us changing things up a little bit and not necessarily going with all of the front three all the time. Because I feel like today it very much felt like we ran out of ideas. But we ran out of ideas quite early on, and that's worrying.
1: Um well we did. I was taking notes as I as I always do in the second half where I thought we started really, really well. Mane had the you know, he was causing havoc, he was making uh, you know, the other attackers were making space for him, but he was doing very, very, very well. And for the first fifteen minutes he had four or almost four clear chances. He, he, it was it a was marvellous stuff by by Manet. Salah almost scored in the sixty-eighth minute. It was a good save. By Pickford um, coming out, although I hate that guy, um, but then nothing happened after sixty-eight minutes. Um, but what is it like? I don't know, Abdul. Do you have any ideas? What What can we change? I mean, the last twenty-five minutes could have been an absolute hell for Everton, but it was actually pretty, pretty simple for them. Um, I don't know. I, what do you think,
2: Abdul? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was begging for a substitution for Firmino. Um, I see what Ryan is saying about you know, constantly just playing the same front three and expecting something different to happen, even though it's quite clear that you know we're not really in the best of form right now. Well, I don't know. Attacking wise, there just isn't the same spark that we've had in the last few seasons where they would have the luck or like a ball would fall to them or they produce something magic. It's just not happening right now in 2021. But as well as Ryan said, this as well, um, it isn't like, it's such a weak thing to do to just throw all of the system out of the, out of the bathwater right now, you know, um, you've got to stick to the process and all of the other cliches, you know? So, I would like to see a bit more flexibility in the team lineups um, when it comes to the front three, at the very least. Um, yeah, we are playing our very best front three, but I I I know that everybody's talking about Minamino and Origi, but I would have loved to see Origi get the chance today. I don't know if you guys watched the inside training, but he looked pretty sharp with his finishing in training, and I'm sure Klopp sees more than us. We only see like a 10-minute video, but um, just something different. Um, but then, yeah, you look at the bench and you've only got Origi and Shakiri, who can change things up attacking-wise. We sent out Minimini on loan, which was probably the right decision because he's getting more game time now, getting more opportunities to actually score goals and like get into confidence. Um, but what would I change about the team? Uh, and this is a... re Like, genuinely, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think we played horrifically today. I don't think we played horrifically against Leicester. I don't think we played so bad against Man City. It's just we're lacking that clinicism because seasons gone by. Our players would bury some of the chances that we got. The Mane header that he got in the first half, half—like um, I, feel, I feel like Mane had two big headers in this match. Salah had a great chance as well to score. We would have buried these chances in any other situation. And then it's just about managing the game, playing the ball, keeping smart, making the right decisions, and we usually cruise to, what, 2-0, 3-0 win just off the back of that because the team has to then come out and chase it. Then They can't stay in a deep block. All of these things are just not playing into our hand this season or in 2021 so far. So I think I didn't even listen to what Klopp said after the match, but it is just going to be a case of we just have to work through this, go back to training, keep working hard, and hopefully the luck comes back, the clinicism comes back, And we start seeing out these matches and start scoring the first goal, which then gives us a better platform to win these matches. But yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. I can't think of any kind of revolutionary tweak that would change our form.
1: It's a great answer. It's a lovely answer. Um, apart from the penalty, there was never a fucking penalty, excuse my language, but it was never a penalty Trent slid for the ball. I mean, slid to try and block the shot. Um, Calvert-Lewin ran into his head and got a penalty, fell over, and and, and got a penalty. Um, that penalty put their XG above ours. Leicester, after our collapse, after the calamity uh, between K- Kabak and Alisson, that incident put Leicester's XG above ours. But apart from that, um, despite our terrible run of form, we've hardly been... Uh, I don't think in any match we we've we've had um less xg apart from the last two in any match that we've that we've lost um or drawn even since christmas um it's absolutely rotten our luck and the thing praddy that got me about the leipzig match um they made a mistake of course for the first goal and then the defender fell over for the second one It's how rarely teams make mistakes against us, and how often we make mistakes against other teams, and I just think, you know, as Abdul said, our luck has got to change at some point. Today, the stats from today, we had 15 shots, Everton had 9, both teams had 6 on target. Um. But it's these individual errors like Kabak in the first half. Big, big error positionally, and he didn't know what he was doing to stop Richarlison with a very, very simple, simple goal. Um, it was it was pretty horrible to watch, but I don't know. Praddock in this form, we're not even going to get any kind of European football. Um, how significant do you think the result is in terms of our our prospects for the rest of the season? I mean, is top four a realistic proposition for you, Brady?
3: Uh Yeah, I mean, first off, I have to agree with what Abdul and Ryan had mentioned about uh, the formations and all of that. I think uh, it's, I don't think Klopp's anyway going to throw his uh, formation out of the room. He's still going to stick with it. But yeah, coming to this, I think it it is a significant result. It's always, it's, I mean, Two weeks ago, if you'd asked me if that was a significant result against City or uh, whoever we played, uh, yeah, it, it would have still been a significant result. Uh, and, yeah, I'll continue to do so. I, whether you, uh, we could get top four or not, uh, that would depend on how quickly we could get our reinforcements in. Uh, I, like you mentioned, Naby back. And then I, I think Klopp mentioned that Jota is another a week or two away so that isn't too far we saw Van Dyke at this on the bench or at the stadium at least so that's some signs that you know at least there's some work being done there they keep posting videos about it so it it all depends on that I wouldn't rule out I I just feel that we still have a much better side than most of the other teams it's just that like Abdul mentioned, we don't have the luck and our proficiency is terribly lacking. I think, I know you mentioned since the 68th minute or something that we didn't have our chance. I think even when Shakiri was on, Salah had a chance there. I think Firmino almost did what he did against Arsenal where he skipped past a couple of players, but then his shot went wide. You know, these are the chances that we would have definitely buried a year or two ago. And it, it just shows that... You know, we we just need that one good match where we can unleash hell and then probably, you know, get confidence back because we all know football is all about momentum. Football is all about confidence, and these boys are solely missing it. And it's also to do with the style of play, the players that we have. Uh, you know, Vinalem and Thiago because our defenders aren't that great. I know Kabak's only 20 or 21, and he's just come into the league. And to face off, I think, against Leipzig and then play against Everton's two big games, and then Leicester as well. So they're the three big games that he was kind of had to play at the start. And uh, you know, it, it's normal that you get a you need players to get accustomed to the style of play and all of that. So whether we can get top four, it all depends on how quick we can get our reinforcements. I wouldn't put it past us. I think in in this league, which is so inconsistent, all you need is a couple of a good run of matches to go your way and you can soon find yourself back into the top four spot. So uh, it, it is difficult as long as we lose matches, but I wouldn't rule it out.
1: I like it. You're not giving up hope on the top four. I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit inclined to, Ryan. I've got to say, our next four matches are Sheffield United, Fulham, Wolves and Chelsea in the Premier League. Um, which, but to me, I mean, Sheffield United and Fulham, I mean, they'll be close matches. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Jota will be closer. You know, he's closer to coming back every day, but he's not ready yet. Maybe it's another couple of weeks and it's, oh, I don't know, we've got eight days until the Sheffield United match. Ryan, I know it's a difficult time. We just lost to our great rivals, but uh, are you as, as sort of pessimistic as I am about a top four hopes or are you still, you know, quite optimistic like Praddy?
0: I'm still quite optimistic about our Champions League um, qualification prospects. I think I, I'll i be honest, I think this, this could have the beginning to one of those weird seasons like 2005 where we're utterly awful in the league, but end up doing something in Euro. That, that's my hope for the season. I think there, there's enough quality in the side to, for us to, to win enough games between now and the end of the season to, to finish top four as well. Um, the, the front three didn't score today, but Usually, at least one of them does, you know. I think over the, the the course of the next three games, we could find ourselves, you know, back in the Champions League spots by the end of the Chelsea game, if if we win all three. So, let's let's not lose hope just yet. Thanks, Praddy. Um, and let's yeah, let's see where the, the next few games take us. We've got we've got a nice break now, so the you know the likes of Naby can get back into the first team uh, contention. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it'd just be nice to see some fresh ideas.
1: Yeah, uh, Ryan's Brian's clinging on there. Speaking about the Champions League, I mean, I you know I I, I do have my sneak, sneaking suspicions as well that we can we can uh, do something in europe as as you say Ryan. but uh, you know because there aren't many teams that play like you know the the blueprint of that 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 we struggle against so much i mean there's atletico um who are brilliant at parking the bus but the rest of the teams in the whole of the champions league i, I don't know they they might give us a chance you know um but abdul um regarding the league season um we seem to have lost our fear factor. Uh, quite definitely, lost our fear factor, uh, home and away. Um, and uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm just not very optimistic because in, in the Premier League, so many teams park the bus, and and, and as Ryan says, we don't have many ideas. Um, how are you feeling about the league uh, possibilities, Abdul?
2: Um. I don't know who it was who said it, either Ryan or Prady, but they were saying like, uh, when teams play against us, they don't uh, make mistakes like Leipzig did against us, in the Premier League anyways. And that's purely just off our reputation. Um, these last few years, playing against Liverpool was the most ass clenched match you had in the season. Uh, that was the match when you had to really concentrate. Otherwise, Liverpool were going to get that little edge and that's it, the match is over. Um, Just off the one little break in concentration. So teams have had to deal with that for three seasons. And now they've fully evolved into these uh, absolute units. When it comes to playing against Liverpool, they just know how to be on it. And that's why it's so difficult to play against all of these deep blocks Because it's a deep block Plus, they don't want to give us even a single inch. And they've been training all week. They know it's Liverpool. And their mentality is just on fire. Um, So looking ahead of the table um and the pictures we've got coming uh we have to beat chelsea if we do want to you know actually leave it in our own hands to be in the top four if we don't beat chelsea then i don't think it's in our hands anymore i think we're waiting on other teams um because if we we can sheffield that's going to be a big test we've got eight days to prepare for that now um if we can get a win against sheffield considering they are one of the teams who do, who will frustrate us, just looking at the way that they set up. If we can beat them, that's going to be, you know, a big statement. And then, thankfully, we don't have that much time until we play Chelsea. It's only, well, it's a midweek game against Chelsea, basically. And if we can get a win in that match, then great, lots of energy. And then straight away, we've got another match against Fulham. Great, um, if we can get another result in that, we could basically, in one, in the course of a week, turn around the mood of the club. Um, going into the match against Leipzig. And then if we can get through that into the next stage of Champions League, then yeah, we could be absolutely buzzing. But this is these are all just big ifs. These are all such big ifs. I just I just really don't know. This Premier League season is just so weird. Um not just for us, for so many different teams. So I don't even really want to think about it until we get three wins on a bounce. If we get three wins on a bounce then I'll start I'll start talking about Champions League ch- ch- chances but at the moment I just want to see us get a couple of wins on a bounce before I start thinking about anything
1: Yeah, great answer and I and I, I apologise because before I was looking at uh, the wrong fixture list you're right it's, it's Sheffield United on February the 28th that's a Sunday and then Thursday after on March the 4th is Chelsea at Anfield and then Fulham at Anfield on March the 7th so yeah, I mean and then it's Leipzig, and then it's Wolves, and then it's Arsenal. But yet yeah, you're right. Any kind of, uh, I'd, I'd just take one win at this stage, to be honest, against Sheffield United. Take it, see what happens after that. Um, it, um, what was it gonna say? <laughs> oh yeah, just going through the players. Then, um, I want you to choose somebody, Praddy, uh, from the back five. Okay, so you could talk about today or you can talk about them in general at the moment, you know, what they need to improve or what they've been doing well. Um, so you could choose from, uh, Allison, uh, Henderson. I'll give you Nat Phillips as well. Um, Kabak, Robertson and Trent. So you can choose any of those players and go wherever you like with it, Praddy.
3: Okay. Wow. Um, All right, I think i will probably take the easy way out and choose Robbo, Andy Robertson. I think uh, he's probably been one of our standout performers this entire season. And even in this game, I felt like he probably, I mean, it, 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 it was anyway a tough game because with Everton having the lead early on and they just sat back, it was always going to be a bit difficult. But I felt that, he kind of was there to make the important interceptions at times. Um, and I think overall, I've, I I think he had a pretty solid game. I didn't see too much wrong with it. I think obviously with Mane struggling a bit on the left wing, it that sort of chemistry is been, has died down a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say much about, I mean, that's all I probably have to say about Rob. I think he's been, pretty consistent and i i still laugh when i see people kind of doubt his quality just because the entire team is kind of faulting right now uh but yeah i think i can't really say much wrong about rob i think at, at times yeah sure he probably bombards a little too uh ahead and then probably leaves and especially right now with our defense the way it is with a lot of makeshift centre-backs, it kind of probably leaves them in no-man's-land at times, but uh, he's probably got the pace to kind of get back, and, yeah, his defensive attributes have probably, you know, just grown ever since he's been in the Liverpool team. So, yeah, I think if I think that was one of the easier ones to talk about. I think if I mentioned Alisson and all of that, I'd probably get a little more frustrated because, you know, he's cost us a couple of games which I really wouldn't blame him I think all of our defenders have had you know match winning performances over time but and now yeah we're just going through a rut and uh, yeah it's just it's part of football and but yeah like I said I just like to focus on the positives and Robbo's been a positive throughout the season where yeah we've been having a makeshift backline
1: that's interesting. It's a really interesting choice. A very good answer. And staying with you, Praddy, about, about Robertson, because um, I would say his earlier earlier in the season, he was, he was giving us 9 out of 10 and 10 out of 10 uh, every week. And for me, he's still very good. But for me, he's like a 7 or 8 out of 10 now, because he's lost like just a fraction, a real fraction of the of he just looks a tiny 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 bit more tired i mean he's a bundle of energy anyway he still is he gets up and down looking at his stats from today he had two key passes four crosses nine long passes but only three of them accurate um of those four crosses, one of them was accurate. Uh, his passing accuracy was 85.9%. It's very good. Defensively, um, he had three tackles, one interception, one clearance. He was He had a good game, as you said. But I just think to get that shade back, that half a percent, we have to think about possibly... And it might sound mad because I, I agree with you that he's our he's our best and most consistent performer at the back, at least whilst Virgil is out. Um, I would possibly consider bringing simicus in at this stage just to give Robertson a rest, so that for the Champions League, for games, you know, against Sheffield United, for example, I'm playing Simikus. Now, do do you disagree, Pred? No,
3: and I, I'd I'd agree. Like like you mentioned, I think you know, in such a season which is quite as extraordinary as this the of course fatigue plays a huge part. I think he's played he obviously plays for Scotland, he's their captain, so he obviously international travel is required from him and he yeah, he's had to, you know, burn the candle at both ends. He's had to play for the national and international. and the club level, so I can understand why he's probably had a dropping performance, and I, and I, like I mentioned, I think the fact that probably Mane has not been at his best also adds to the fact that Robertson's not been as dynamic as he has before. I think that chemistry has lacked, and probably Mane, you can say the same thing with Mane that he's also probably slightly tired or something or the others wrong over there. Maybe it's just not his season or it is not his year, but yeah, that's definitely a you know, affected him. Plus, I'm sure the constant rotation at the back with either Henderson or Fabinho or Nat Phillips or Reese Williams, I think that definitely plays a huge role in how confident you are going forward because, you know, Robbo and Trent are one of two of the best fullbacks in the world, uh, have been for the past couple of years. And yeah, it's always going to affect it, affect you if you're not really certain whether you can. Go that extra mile forward, or you'll have to come back uh, of your centre backs. But I would, I would agree. I think you, Klopp should probably look at playing Simicas. But again, from Klopp's perspective, what I think he he's is going through his mind is that he thinks I'm getting a seven and eight out of Robertson. Okay, I'm I'm guaranteed that. And if I bring Simicas in, who's you know, I've been out with COVID. He's been injured. He's not. Whatever reasons he had, maybe if he puts a foot wrong, then you may lose another match there. So I I think he's slightly hesitant, and we know Klopp's quite. We've seen it with his midfield. He he, he If he likes certain players, he will play them till you know till the death or whatever you want to call it. So uh, I can I know why he's slightly hesitant, but I definitely think it would give Robo that much needed rest to to kind of just get back to where he was and and we'll need him if we are to you know get past it's a big if so if he were to get past them it's definitely necessary and yeah I can see I definitely hope that Simicus plays more for him as well so he gets more game time I hope he plays against some of the lower table teams
1: yeah, it's it's a lovely answer, and you're absolutely right that you know Jurgen, he is, uh, you know, conservative as a manager. He's uh, he's unlikely to take uh, to take risks and and risk losing a match when Robertson remains such an excellent player. Um, you know, it's too it's too painful to look at all the stats from this match. We did well. We played well again. We've lost again, um, and gosh, uh, but. Ryan, I do want, I'm going to ask you to choose a midfielder for us. Uh, You know, Curtis Jones, Thiago, Gini Wijnaldum, Shaq came on. Uh, Choose one of those and go wherever you like with them. We're talking about today or talking more generally, uh, or your hopes for the future. Um, Go wherever you like with it, Ryan. I'm
0: picking Milner. I'm definitely picking James Milner. Um, I think particularly with Henderson being out. And Van Dijk being out I think we need Milner in the side as much as possible. Now, Milner can't play three games in the space of a week. But he can to an hour here, ninety there, thirty there. And we need hit 'cause one one of the things I thought we lacked today was intensity on the ball. Um you know, the the there's too much stopping and coming back and, you know, going to Mane and back to Robertson and then into Thiago and then back to Kabak and we need we need to to be going forward a bit more and I think Milman gives you a little bit more of that he, 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 he's good at reminding people and giving them a sense of urgency um, and I think if we are to have any success in the remainder of the season we need to get him into the side I think mean, it'd be nice to see if we can't get something on a Kaita but. I think I'm past that point now with him. Um, but yeah, Milner all day for me, most important player in that midfield. I did, I did think uh, quite interestingly during the the game today that the Trent did a couple of bits in midfield uh, where he he kind of steps in and stays there for a minute or two and, and tries to dictate play from there. And I think that's quite interesting. Um, you know, potentially as a long-term evolution of Trent.
1: I saw that. I, I, do, I mean, is that something going forward? You know, to 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 mix things up a bit, right? Can we put you know, play play Nico at right back? You know, throw a curveball and put Trent in midfield. Would that be something that would be that would be exciting for me? Would you share my excitement?
0: I would share your excitement. I would be really excited by Nico de Chico Williams on on the the right hand side with Trent kind of doing the Henderson bits for them and filling in. Um, but I think we are gonna have to you know you, you mentioned rest and Robbo before. I, I think if you go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, give or take. Schedule and rights or what you. Yeah. I think Robbo and Trent need to be rested for one of those five games. Not definitely not the same one, but I think Williams and Simicus need to, to be coming in a little bit more than the other Uh if not from the start of games, then certainly for off the bench in a couple. We're just not in positions where we can bring them in to give them an easy half hour. Follow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does it does seem that way. I mean of course There are the medical teams, the sports scientists, but they seem to be getting it so wrong. We're getting so many players coming down with muscle injuries. Uh, Abdul, it's it's a real worry. But um, would you choose uh, somebody from either the midfield or the attack, please, Abdul, and go anywhere you like with it?
2: Yeah. um...
1: (laughs) Uh, Honestly, the front three is just... uh
2: just a bit of a... I, obviously they've scored midweek. Mane and Salah have got some goals. I, I, I let me talk about Firmino, because he's having a he's having a weird season. Like some weeks people are in love with him. His setup for Leicester for Sala's goal was incredible. Just classic Firmino. And then other times it's just like why have we not signed a centre forward, a proper centre forward, centre forward who like scoring goals. Um and I, don't, I really don't know what to put it down to. I rate him. I rate him. I can see he's clearly an amazing footballer. You saw the, there's a video of Mane on the timeline earlier today talking about how he appreciates him more than any other teammate. And you can understand it. But there's just something there that's just like... If it was a Haaland, if it was an Mbapp, you know, they'd be burying some of these chances. Firmino had, like, two long-range shots today, I swear. Um... And then it just wasn't really there for the rest of the match, which is why I was crying out for Origi at the very least. Like, I know that's, that sounds like a stupid thing to be asking for, Divok Origi, but like, I just wanted something, a striker who wants to score goals, and I don't really know what's going to happen in the summer. I think there does need, there is, there is a question mark against what we're going to have to do recruitment-wise. All of these rumours about Mbappé, maybe it's far fetched. Do do we even have the money for transfers like that? But um that's a real question for Klopp. Like does he continue with this front three and this attacking system? Or does he look to bring in somebody who is gonna change the dynamic and maybe not drop in so deep? Um or maybe he can move Firmino back into his classic position of being a ten and then bring in a center forward who will go and get goals. Um I don't know, but I, I think that there is definitely a question that needs to be asked around Firmino. And I don't think it's rude to ask it, even though we can all see that he's one of the most important players on our team. Um, I think it's completely right to ask the question. And uh, yeah, that's as much as I can say.
1: Um, is it? But is it not Jota, though? I mean, is it not... Uh, Diogo Giotto is that player to change the dynamic to come in, to give one of the front three three a rest when they need to. He came in, he scored seven goals, I think in 10 games before being injured and he's been out for four months. Um, I mean, would you, again, I mean, let's think about the summer and I'll ask the other two to think about it as well. What would you change going forward about this team? How much we need to change. But in attack... um, uh, you know, going for a number nine, another one on top of of Jota. You, you would do that, Abdul? Uh,
2: Jota's fantastic. Uh, and his, his, when we signed him and the impact that he's had completely surprised me. But also it didn't surprise me because we always have such luck with when it comes to making our second choice signing. Because we clearly wanted Werner for that role because he can play on the left wing and then also centre forward. We didn't get him, ended up getting Jota and he's been much better um but Yotta's like an unorthodox kind of um player as well much like the way that Salah's kind of unorthodox as a winger like he is he doesn't like play pretty like Mahrez or Messi but like he gets numbers Yotta's quite similar he's he's very boxy but he still scores a lot of goals right foot left foot and he's got unbelievable tenacity so he's a great signing um regardless of what position he's going to play in the front three but I still think we need another one because you look at um, you look at City. Aguero isn't even playing at the moment, and they've got Jesus, Sterling, Mares, Bernardo, Foden—just um, so many choices. Uh, at least five choices before Aguero. And then Chelsea have also got a ton of choices. They're not informed, but they've got a ton of choices. Man United have a lot of choices as well. Um, they might not be the same quality. Even Arsenal now kind of have a lot of choices: uh, Pepe, Saka, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Odegaard now. So I don't know. I think we we've we've got four really top attackers. I don't think it would hurt hurt us to get another. And I don't think we do have a a a true number nine in the squad. Like Yota, when it's, he's more of a second striker. Firmino is a false nine. Salah can play striker, but we don't have. We've got a and I rate him, but like. If we got in a Haaland type or an Mbapp, it would make me feel a lot more rest assured about, you know, we've got all of the profiles that we need in attack to go forward and compete on all four fronts and not just have a good title run or not just have a good Champions League run, but we can make a sustained uh, competition and attack all of these competitions and have great success.
1: It's a lovely answer. Um, I do think it's... I mean, Erling Haaland, I watched an interview he did the other day, where he was basically saying that he wants to play in the Champions League every single season for his career. And I don't think there's uh, a chance in heck that we'd sign Mbappe if uh, we do drop out of champ- Champions League places. Um, but another clinical number nine, there must be more out there. I mean, they're not of the generational talent. um you know, level of of Holland and Mbappe, but there must be other good players out there. I don't know, Praddy. Where where do you think we need to strengthen? I mean, how much of this team are you chucking in the bin? Um.
3: Yeah, there are definitely some. I will, I won't call them dead wood because of what they've done so far, but there's certain, certainly some players that you need to move on. I think, but like I was listening to what Abdul was saying and I mean Klopp's been known to obviously rotate with that front three so we've seen Salah play as that center forward at times and then you could always have a Shakiri or an Origi play sometimes on the wings which is which I've always found weird at times but uh we, we've seen that I think yeah uh I mean Minamino's also I I guess you wouldn't call him a conventional number nine uh he's also yeah so we we've I know we don't have a traditional number nine, except for probably a who uh, We rarely play up front unless there are injuries. Um, and so, yeah, I think we do probably need someone like that. Uh, yeah, I think when, when you talk about Liverpool and centre forwards or strikers, the only two names that have always come into my mind, and because of the rumors flying around, have been Mbappe and... I mean, Mbappé himself is not a traditional striker. I mean, he's all, he's been a winger who's now moved into a more central position. So, technically, he isn't a, a conventional number nine, but I think Haaland is. And so, yeah, either one of them would be great. I I know we've always asked for, like, a central attacking mid, but we kind of got Thiago, but Thiago needs to play in that sort of position. Um, I always looked at probably Aouar. So, if you sell someone like Chamberlain or Keta, you could someone get someone like our He could probably light up the Premier League like what Coutinho did. Um, and yeah, I think going into the start of the season, I always also said that we needed a centre back. I knew the law. I knew you know Laurens always had his critics, but we. I knew that if we were going to sell Lovren and not replace him, that was going to be, cost us. Probably, you know, <laughs> it came truer than I wanted to. So, but ideally, I think it's time that, look, Klopp's not going to be here for too long. 2024 is when his contract's going to run out. And from what I've read that, I think he wants to kind of refresh the squad before anyone else comes in, uh, whether that be, you know, Pep taking over or Gerard, or even probably Nagelsmann is now the new name. So... Uh, if he wants to refresh the score, that means we have to probably let one of the front three go, which would be sad. But it's understandable that they're all nearing 30s. And I don't know, it's possible that it could be, I mean, the time is now to get the best uh, value from, from for them. Um, and so, yeah, I think there are a couple of other players, especially in midfield, that we probably need to sell because of their injury history and probably need to recruit a little bit better, make sure that you know, probably the people who haven't had injuries before Uh, and I know injuries could happen just suddenly, you know, Aiden Hazard never was injured in Chelsea, now look at him at Real Madrid, so yeah, I I think this summer is going to be really, really crucial because we do need that refresh, I think this season's proven that we do need a sort of refresh if not if if you're not gonna sell any of the front three, we need people who can challenge the front three. And like you mentioned, Jota is just one of one such example.
1: Yeah, lovely answer. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um I would definitely strengthen the midfield personally, um, because we haven't replaced uh Lalana. Uh Curtis Jones has come in um looking at he had another tidy game today, I thought. Uh, Looking at a scouting report on FBref.com, he's in the top uh, 12%, the 88th percentile or more in uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 nine of about 13 key performance indicators on fbref.com. He's he's having an amazing season, although he's playing perhaps a little bit more than he should. This was his 23rd game of the season, but I've got high hopes for Curtis. Ryan, you mentioned Milner. Um, we need a replacement for him for his intensity, for his skill, for his brilliance. He's a wonderful midfielder, but he's 35 um we need to bring someone into midfield don't we ryan I, I, and the attack as well i mean would you would you agree with that assessment uh you know, I do think as well, having said that that when we get these amazing players back, then we can actually kick ass and 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 challenge for everything again next season, but how much of a refresh do you think we need- ryan?
0: Well, this is the the point I was going to make before when people were talking about bringing in Haaland, which I'm absolutely game for because that guy is amazing. Like, oh, I'm a massive fan of that guy. But, um, you know, when Gomez and Haaland come back, Fabinho and Henderson are then in midfield with Thiago. So it, it's kind of difficult to gauge exactly what's needed until we're back to something relatively close to full strength. That being said, I do get what you mean about the idea of wanting you know needing to bring in players in, in certain positions um you know everyone every everyone could have told you in the summer that we needed to bring in a center back and we didn't and, and sure we've paid the price for that in in cruel and unusual ways but um uh, whether it's Kabak or, or this uh young lad from preston ben davies or whether it's not phillips I'm not convinced on either of them. You know, people keep telling me that no, Phillips hasn't done anything wrong, but I've seen him make mistakes that have led to goals in games. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced that any of these are the answer just yet. So there might need to be a conversation had in the summer about who we bring in as a long-term central, central defensive option. And it's all of this. You've got the the whole worries over COVID and, and, and finances. We're still not got any fans in the ground at the minute, so whilst you know we might want to go and spend big on the likes of Holland or Mbappe, or I don't know, Camavinga. Uh, I'm trying to think about Jules Kounde um, as a expensive central defensive option. You know, it might, we might have to pray for a Michael Edwards' miracle really.
1: It's a good point. Yeah, long term um partner for for Virgil. We don't know what Joe Govers is gonna be like when he comes back. But in the midfield, yeah, I mean you're saying Ryan Henderson, Fabinho and Tiago are, are our first three, but let's say for example, as looks extremely likely that Jeannie Vernaldem is leaving this summer, then then it would leave us really, because you can't Who can you count on in that midfield, Ryan? Uh, you can't really count on Thiago uh, because he's he's had a long injury history with muscle injuries, uh, Henderson as well he's getting more and more muscle injuries Fabinho too, um, midfield muscle injuries are absolutely normal um, but then we've got Chamberlain, we've got Cater. basically the only one who isn't injury prone is Curtis Jones <laughs> That's the only one. Um so I think we need we need at least two midfielders, no, Ryan. Who would you bring in though? Someone muscly, someone strong, someone someone able to get up and down the pitch, someone like uh I mean I don't have all the scouting reports from me, but with go on Praddy. So, sorry sorry, Praddy, go for it. Yeah, sorry.
3: No so I think if you're talking about someone strong someone like someone who plays box to box like Leon Goretzka from Bayern I uh, I don't know how difficult that would be but
1: well yes but I think that's a little bit that's a little bit too ambitious so I'm talking about the next Leon Goretzka the one that hasn't really uh, you know someone who's who's not already an established name who wouldn't I cost assume. the world is a great shout yes exactly or someone from outside the Premier League because the Premier League there's such a premium on them someone if you look at the, the, the French League um, you have Camavinga, who's got a huge uh, reputation already but you have lots of other players from cash strap teams uh, have you seen Pap Gay 20 years old uh, plays for, for Marseille very strong player very intelligent quick um, for me, he he could be an absolute star, he's strong, he's got that sort of, you know, tenacity that we, that I think we need, and I think that's what, to give the front three, uh, whoever the person hell might be, if it's Jota and Mane and Salo or whoever, uh, we need that inner Klopp system, we need that tenacity in midfield, I don't know, um, I don't know, talk to me, someone I don't know, expand, to, you know, argue with me, agree with me. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? What do you think?
3: I think there's also the the notion of, uh, I think, that whole the Brexit policies right now, of who you can get and whether that could yeah. drive up prices. I mean, it, it Especially for youngsters, and I know we love to target youngsters. Uh, I know it's below 18 that there's an issue for, but even that would definitely affect the market for anyone away from you know if we plan to get people from the rest of europe i suppose
2: yeah absolutely um i think there are a few interesting shots though uh we could go for someone like renato sanchez i know that he's had a bit of a resurgence in in the french league and he's made a couple of appearances for the portuguese Well, he he won a euro did not he so yeah he's he's he'll definitely meet all of the work permit requirements um there's ryan gravenbirch at ix who very talented young he's box to box uh slash more of an attacking midfielder got a great shot great physicality over six foot he could probably last in this league um but yeah like uh like ryan was saying it is it is genuinely a question about what happens to when everybody's back fit and and fully available again because there is a lot of quality in this squad. Um, everybody talks that you know, we've missed an opportunity when it comes to signings last last summer or the summer before that, when we were on our top, we should have made more signings, bigger signings. But um, I genuinely think last summer, we're one centre-back away from having an absolutely out-of-this-world window. Um, and even without getting that centre-back, you can understand they were saying, you know, you've got three top-class centre-backs in Matip, Joe Gomez, Virgil. If you need a fourth one, you can have Firmino slide into the back. And when he's in there, he's one of the best centre-backs in the world, anyways. And then if you need, at a stretch, a youngster for some reason, (laughs) there was all of the athletic puff pieces about Billy Cometio. Uh, And and we had a couple of other youngsters as well. But it it did seem like, on paper, yeah, it could work, having just three centre-backs. But now... With hindsight, yeah, it's absolutely terrible if we had a centre-back at that time. Maybe we wouldn't have rushed Matip back and maybe we'd have a fully fit Matip here for the rest of the season. But we don't, and we didn't do that, so we can't look back. But, yeah, it's just a question of do we believe the midfield options that we have right now are going to have long-term fitness? So do we believe that Keita's put his niggles behind him? Do we believe that Thiago is going to be able to stay fit properly for this next period of his career? Do we believe that Henderson is going to put these niggles behind him? Because he always gets niggles every single season. Do we believe Fabinho isn't going to have any more niggles? Because he's never had injury problems in his career until he basically this season. Um, And then Oxlade, is he going to come back into form and also provide a meaningful contribution? Can Curtis stay injury fit? Because he hasn't really been tested under a full year of Klopp. So just so many question marks. And it does make you feel like, yeah, maybe you do have to go out and get two midfielders. But then if you do get those two midfielders and then everybody stays fit, then you have a really, you have an unhappy mood in the dressing room because there's certain midfielders who feel like they should be playing and they should, they're not playing. And it's just such a difficult question. I really do not envy Michael Edwards and Klopp when they're trying to make these decisions in the summer because there's some really, really big decisions. And it could go either way. And you could understand it if it went either way.
3: Yeah, I think even it happened during the season where we got like Stephen Cocker as a stop back and it felt like he would play a significant role but then just turned out that you know everyone just got better in a few weeks later and no one else played and he Absolutely. didn't play a few matches. So I, I yeah, I get that. I think another shout out could probably be Marcel Sabitzer also just because we've got a good relationship with Leipzig. Um, so yeah, that's another shout out but yeah, I, I completely see where you you could be hesitant just to you. You don't. You don't want the last thing you want to do is buy on a panic, buy because you panic because you know everyone's injured. Uh, so that way, I, that's why I like the Kabak deal. I it showed that we were interested in, in him in the summer as well, but you know things didn't materialize back then. Yeah, great stuff. I mean,
1: there are so many questions. Um, as Abdul is saying, and uh, you know, I th- I think that's probably a good a good point uh, to leave this episode for today because there are just so many questions hanging over Liverpool. But I will say this: there's one thing that's for sure, and that's at some point, Liverpool will be back, and we're gonna keep the faith on Cop on Podcast. We're gonna ride. The tsunami of shit that we that seems to have, uh, you know, been sent our way. We're gonna surf it for as long as it takes, uh, and um, we're gonna we're gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna that wave will break, and then who knows what'll happen. But the reds will be back. Um, thank you so much to Ryan. Um, thank you so much to Abdul and thank you so much to Praddy. i uh, really enjoyed this this group therapy session. Um, and remember, you know, we will be back. We will be back. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. 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 Cheers.